Welcome once again to the Family Stories Podcast, where the stories are always told by those who actually live them. Uh, today's podcast is going to be just a little bit different. It won't be really lengthy, but I thought many of you might appreciate uh, hearing a financial update on COVID-19 from our in-house expert, I like to call Scott Kays. On March 20th, we did a, bo- a podcast when uh, COVID-19 was really beginning to take off and really affect the financial markets. Well, Scott is going to address that today. It's been a month since you've been on, Scott. Hey, well, it feels like it's been about six months. So, Jim, it's <laughs> You have been busy in the financial world, haven't you? We have been. Well, everyone, you know this, but Scott's been a uh, managing principal of Kay's Financial Corporation for some 35 years. He handles hundreds of millions of dollars for hundreds of clients, written several books on the subject, and uh, has appeared on most of the big national business shows that you've seen on television. So he does know what he's talking about. And Scott, if you would, by the way, Scott lives in Atlanta, for any of you who might not know that, and that's where his firm is located. How many people do you employ at your firm, Scott, by the way? Oh, we've got 16 and about to hire number 17. And I know some of them are CPAs. I talked to one yesterday. Yep, I've got a couple of CPAs on staff. I've got, uh, gosh, three or four people with master's degrees, about five or six certified financial planners. We've got a really ta- pretty talented staff. Sounds like it to me. So let's just begin really simply since March 20th when you were here and, and things were tanking in a hurry about that time. And now it's April 25th. Give us an overview of what's happened and what you think is going to progress here. Yeah, great question. Uh, you know, in March 20th, last time I was on, we were kind of at the peak of the panic. And actually, the next trading day, which would have been March 23rd, the market did tank. It was down about 10% that day. And we experienced what we call a waterfall decline. That is when you just have complete panic on the part of the market. Again, 10% in one day is just almost unheard of. It's probably about the second or third time in history that's ever happened. Huge downside volume, and you expect to see that uh, in, in a major decline like this. That can sometimes mark the bottom of the market when you see that happen. A very typical pattern that you see in the market, Jim, after that is you'll see the market have a very strong bounce off those lows. I remember when those were happening there for a few days, it certainly got my attention. It does. I mean, it's just incredible volatility. There's actually a volatility index that measures the volatility in the market. It's called the VIX index. And we set new records for volatility, for uh, closing levels of volatility. So even worse than 2008-2009 crash. So you're talking about the highs and the lows in one day, the spread, when you talk about volatility, how fast it's moving and how dramatically it's moving? Yes, yes, absolutely. And so we saw a dramatic bounce off the bottom. The market was up over 20%. And three-day period. And again, that's typical. When you have this panic decline, to have a big bounce like that is typical. And so the question is, now that that has happened, where do we go from here? Very typically is the market will go back down and do what's called retest those lows that we saw uh, on March 23rd. That would be a very typical pattern. And maybe even go through those lows again. But what you would expect to see and what you hope for if that happens 
is that you go down slower, you go down on much lower volume, much lower volatility levels. And then once you retest those lows, uh, then typically the market will start an upward trend that begins that next cyclical bull market. Now, there's no law that says we have to revisit those lows, but if, if, if we do, don't panic. As long as it's on lower volume, that's very, very typical. Now, a few things that have happened since you and I talked, Jim, um, last. The government has passed a couple of just massive stimulation or stimu- yeah, stim- stimulative packages um, that uh, will probably almost definitely help the economy. We're accumulating massive amounts of debt in the process. And so it's kind of a two-edged sword. I think it'll help us get past this part of it. Uh, but it may cause problems with the debt down the road. I think it will cause the economy uh, maybe to be slower down the kind of what's being bandied about though on Wall Street. And then the government is the saying, you don't worry about the cost of water when your house is on fire. You got to just do what you got to do. And I won't comment a whole lot more on the stimulus program. I think some level of stimulus was required. The way this program has been executed, you can certainly pick a lot of faults with it. But the practical effect, my job is to analyze, okay, what's going to be the impact on the markets? And the impact on the market should be massive amount of stimulus, maybe pushing some of the downside in the market, pushing some of the downside in the economy. So we may not go back and revisit those lows, but again, if we do, not a time to panic. Yeah, let me let me ask you this question. For, yeah. the, for the average person, uh, you, you know, most people are just wanting to make a living and take care of their families, as we all know. But for the average person, do you do you see this as a real recession, or do you feel like this thing is going to recover? Can it? Will it? I mean, what's your opinion on this? And that's the $64,000 question. Uh, you see a lot of letters being bandied about. Is it going to be a V-shaped recovery, which would be a quick bounce, strong bounce back? Is it going to be a U-shaped recovery, where it recovers, but much slower over time? Some people are using the Nike swoosh. Uh, as you see the sharp down and then a more gradual recovery, I kind of lean in that latter one. That's what I think personally is going to look more like. Obviously, we've seen a very sharp, swift downturn. I don't think we get a V-shaped recovery. And the reason why is this, and I think this is the big enigma right now, what people are wondering. Number one, we're going to have to bring the economy back on board very gradually. You can't just reopen everything. Everybody starts gathering together again in massive crowds. Sports stadiums open back. You just can't do that because I think you'd be taking a huge chance on a second wave of the pandemic happening. So it's going to open up very slowly, very gradually. In Georgia, we actually started reopening things yesterday. And we're kind of the experiment right now that the whole country is watching to see if this causes a big rise in cases again. Um, you know, I think it's in Singapore. I think it may be in Beijing as well. Uh, certainly in Singapore, they have seen a big second jump as they opened up things. And now, again, they're having to take some actions to try and slow it down again. So that's what you don't want to happen. Um, part of the thinking has been when we get to the summer, the warmer temperatures will uh, cause the pandemic to slow down. It's just like we don't have food during the summer for the most part. It's, it's much more rare to see the flu that think this will react the same way in the summer. The longer we're maintaining all this distancing, uh, you're saying that that's, is it, 
or not going to affect the marketplace, people's jobs, businesses, that kind of thing? I think it's going to take a while. I do think it's going to take a while. And as the economy opens back up at best, it's going to be pretty gradual. Because you just can't take the chance, Jim, of incurring the cost of reopening the economy and then having to slam it shut. I, I can't even, if they shut this down again, I can't even imagine what that would mean. It's- yeah, that could be near catastrophic. Um, I'm with you. So I would much rather take our time, open it up properly, gradually, not take a chance on the second epidemic moving through, as opposed to open it up too fast and having to shut it down again. I mean, you think about a lot of companies. To order all the raw materials, especially in the food industry, they incur that cost, and then they have to shut it down. Now, what do you do with all the raw materials? So, again, that could be very costly for the economy. So I think at best is we just recover slowly, and hopefully by the fall time, when that gets here, we've got a better handle on how to deal with the situation without having to shut down the economy. Now, for people who do have investment funds that they're managing, uh, what is your suggestion right now for them? Our strategy has not changed. It's the same as always. And that is when you see a major drop like this, you don't want to be selling into this, but you do want to be looking for opportunities. So what we've been doing, uh, Jim, is looking in particular for individual stocks that we think are great companies. Maybe they were too expensive for us to buy earlier. But now with these lower prices, it's created an opportunity for us to buy up what we think is a better price. If you have not rebalanced your portfolio, let me explain what that means. <clears throat> Let's say you have a 50-50 allocation between stock funds and bond funds. And stocks have tanked. Now maybe you have 55% in bonds and only 45% in stocks. Go ahead and rebalance. Take the bonds and sell 5% of the bonds, put that back into the stocks. And it's kind of a discipline that forces you to buy when prices are low. So again, I I recommend from an investment standpoint, look at this as as opportunity. Don't look at it as a time to sell. It's too late. The horses are out of the barn. The time to protect yourself from a down market is before the down market. Well, for those who are listening, uh, Scott Kays handles uh, my uh, 403B and my retirement programs, my SEP IRAs and so forth. And Scott, that's exactly what you have been doing. I've noticed that over the last month that from time to time, you're selling our bond funds out and bringing us back into some stocks that are really depressing. And I've noticed that those stocks that you've brought us back into on these lows are all up now. And uh, so right. that, that's kind of a cool thing. I know the bonds uh, values were high, but they were also not going to go much higher because there was they had the interest down to almost zero on some of those. Exactly. And that's the thing with bonds right now. Hey, you know, here's the thing, Jim. It's possible things could go back lower and these buys that we've made could go lower. But, you know, we're not investing for the next month. We're investing for the next three to five years. The question is, in three to five years, will the prices we're able to buy at right now, in retrospect, will they look attractive? We think they will look very attractive. And that's why we're making those moves now. That's what I love about your philosophy. It's one of the reasons I'm with you, just as an individual, is because in your philosophy, highs and lows don't mean anything. Chasing the market is something you just don't do. And as right. much as I wish I didn't get emotional when the money's involved and watching these things happen, the truth is I do get emotional. 
And that's and when it's your it, money. Listen, it's hard not to. Yeah, it is. And so that's why I appreciate so much having somebody doing it for me. I may still get emotional, but I'm not acting on those emotions, which is a real blessing. And I got to be honest, it's tempting to me with my money uh, to be emotional, too. And I have to just force myself to go based on what I know, not on what I feel. That sounds biblical to me. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. I mean, you're absolutely right. And again, I think the key in navigating a time like this, Jim, is fortunately what we've done and what every investor should be doing is, you know, times like this are going to happen periodically. You don't know when they're going to happen. You don't know how long they're going to last, but they are going to happen. So decide in advance when, not if, when we go through a major downturn, what am I going to do when it happens? And when it's down 5%, you don't know if it rebounds or if it's going to go down 30. You just don't know. So you have an allocation that's appropriate for you, and you just set up these rules in advance. When the market drops this much, I'm going to rebalance. When my allocation gets out of balance this much, we're going to rebalance. We have this list of stocks that we're looking at that we would love to buy, but the prices are too expensive. Here's our buy list when the prices drop. And you just have these rules already set in advance. So you know ahead of time when it happens, what you're going to do. If you're trying to plan and come up with a plan as you go through it, that's the exact wrong time to do it. That is exactly right. I love it. I sleep a lot better at night. You know, when this market really started going crazy for the, about a week there or two, and it was just all over the place and dropping like a rock, I have to admit, my emotions were really high. And, it, oh, yeah. and, and having someone managing my funds probably saved me from making a bad decision. So yeah. I, I'm just really thankful for that. Uh, another question well, I, I have that. I have for you right here, Scott, is just for day-to-day life, for average people, aside from the market, do you have any particular suggestions or thoughts just about how to manage their money for the moment? Again, even just in, in living a life, Jim, apart from investments, you've got to just understand recessions are going to come. There's always the possibility you lose your job. There's always the possibility you go without income for a while. I am a big believer in what I call the Joseph principle. And what I mean by that is God warned Joseph, listen, in seven years, something really bad is going to happen. And instead of saying, ah, no problem, I'll just trust God when he gets here, Joseph said, all right, I've got seven years to prepare for the really bad time that's coming. And he made sure that Egypt saved. They established ways to save their wheat, save their crops. I gave them abundance for a period of time. That's exactly what we have been through. We've had 10 years of a rising stock market. We've had 10 years of uh, unemployment coming down, 10 years of economic growth. That's the time to prepare because economically something bad it's just part of the cycle. It's going to happen, and you've got to prepare ahead of time. The people who are really suffering right now are people who they don't have savings. Maybe they've lost their job. Hopefully, they're getting some forbearance uh, on maybe their mortgage payments and different things. Maybe they're not, but they are suffering now. The government has sent out uh, pretty much to everybody uh, $1,200 stimulus checks. Uh, there are benefits for uh for unemployment, I encourage you to take advantage of that. If you are a small business, apply for the PPP loan, the Paycheck Protection Program loan. Maybe too late. I think the first tranche ran out of money within about two weeks. 
second tranche, there may be some money left in it, but I would still get my application in as quick as possible. Um, so the government is trying to do some things to help take advantage of these things. There's absolutely nothing wrong or immoral about taking advantage of these things. But these are the type of things people need to be doing. But as far as investing, don't be changing your strategy. Don't be moving more conservatively at this point. The horses have already left the barn. It's too late to shut the door. It is a little too late. What you've got, you're going to have to live with. That's for yeah. sure. So, Scott, if somebody wants help, needs advice, how do they get a hold of you? They can go to our website, which is very cleverly called scottpays.com. Uh, they can email me at skays, S-K-A-Y-S, at scottkays, S-C-O-T-T-K-A-Y-S dot com. Or they can call our offices at 770-951-9001. Well, you know, I know this sounds like a commercial for you, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> I recommend Scott Kays very, very highly. I mean, he has made a big difference in my life and what he's doing with us financially. It's brought peace of mind. And, uh, you know, I'm a man of the word, just like Scott is. I believe the Bible. We are to act according to what the word says. But it's very, very easy to get emotions and running, and emotions can override your wisdom sometimes. <laughs> And so it's nice to have somebody who's doing this based on a philosophy that's a godly philosophy. And it works if we just stick with it. Well, Scott, thank you very, very much for being with us today and, and updating us on what's going on and giving some very timely advice. So just thank you for being here, Scott. All right. Thank you, Jim. For all of you listening, thanks for listening. I hope this has helped you and blessed you today. God bless you. 